Your soil is the foundation of your garden, and soil health is your most important asset. But sadly, it's easy to get lost in the noise of too much information when it comes to improving your soil. Today, I'm going to help you break through that noise and get straight to the facts about soil health. Let's get growing. Hello, and welcome to the Pray Just Plant podcast, the show that talks about growing, growing a garden, a homestead, and most importantly, growing closer to God. I'm your host, Crystal Mediate, owner of the Red Ridge Farm Homestead, located at the foothills of the beautiful Bighorn Mountains in Wyoming, USA. Our mission here at Red Ridge Farm is to help women of faith find the courage to grow healthy food for their family while building a closer relationship with our Lord and Savior. If that's you, don't let the world hold you back. Pray just plant. Welcome to the Pray Just Plant Podcast. I'm your host, Crystal Media, and today in Season 2, Episode 1, we are going to talk about soil health. We're going to define healthy soil, and we're going to look at the definition of soil health. But first, I want to thank you for listening to this episode today. And if this is the first time you have joined us here on the Pray Just Plant Podcast, I want to thank you for joining the Red Ridge Farm community of fellow growers Soil health is the foundation to every garden, to every forest, every living thing on this planet. You can read loads of gardening books and study your property for that perfect location. But without good soil, you really don't have the foundation you need to grow those healthy, nutrient-dense vegetables for your family. I know that sounds extreme, but it is a cold hard truth. The soil holds all the nutrients your plants need. The type of soil will also tell you what kind of plants you can grow and how much you will need to water and what kind of weeds you'll be battling and your pest situation. I could go on for another 10 minutes about all the benefits your soil gives your plants in your garden. But the soil is the most important part of your garden and how you treat it is the next most important part. What I mean is that if you have great soil and you add amendments that don't need to be added there, added, I'm going to tell you the story about how I did this in a few minutes, you could be hurting your soil and not helping it. Adding extra nitrogen, adding extra phosphorus can actually lock up vital nutrients for your plants. And on the other hand, if you have unhealthy soil and plant anyway, you'll be wasting valuable time and money. In both cases, you may tell yourself, I just don't have a green thumb and this garden thing is just not going to be for me. But please remember, all of these troubles can be simply solved by understanding the fundamentals of your soil and understanding one great quote by Elliot Coleman. Almost any soil can be made productive for growing crops. The difference lies in the effort needed to make it so. Now I'm sure, just like myself, in the beginning when you're just first starting to figure out what soil health is and you know in deep down that soil health is very important. It's something that you need to be working on and something you need to be doing every year to improve your garden. But when you go and look and ask Mr. Google Pants, that's what I call Google, what you should be doing for your soil, you get lost in all of that information. There's just so much that you just can't wrap your mind around. There's so many and so many varying informations. One expert might say this and another expert might say something else. And all of this indecision of what you should use and who you should follow and where to even 
begin when it comes to improving your soil can make you feel unqualified, can make you feel like you just aren't the person to be doing this, that you need someone else to tell you exactly how to fix your soil and that you just can't do it yourself. You tried. You tried to get in there. You tried to read all these books. You tried to ask Mr. Google Pants and all this information has overwhelmed you. But I'm here to prove you wrong. The reason those experts say different things and they have different ideas that don't really match up is because every single one of them is growing in a different situation. How can they possibly give the same advice when they're not looking at the same problem? And why does what the experts say not match with what your garden needs? That is because they're not growing in your garden. They're not looking at exactly what you're dealing with. That single fact doesn't make them an expert of your soil. It makes you that expert. So let me explain. I promised I would tell you this story about my own personal trials with soil health. When I first started building my garden, and that's been now over 17 years ago, I did exactly that. I played the amendment guessing game. I got out all the books from my local library. I read, I took notes. I have, I mean, I have a whole notebook just on soil health notes. And I knew, you know, I knew I needed to be doing something because every time I was planting my vegetables and taking a harvest, I knew I was depleting my soil of nutrients. But I had no idea. Even with this this pile of notes, even with all the YouTube videos that I watched, all, all of those things, I just became lost and overwhelmed in that information. There was just too much of it. And so there was one thing that was... that. Truly, one thing that was repeated over and over and over again was doing a soil test. And I, but I was very hesitant about doing it because, because I had that feeling that, you know, a soil test would be too hard. A soil test would be, it would just add more information that I just already didn't understand, right? So instead of doing the soil test, and that's one one of my deepest recommendations for you to do is do a soil test. But I didn't. I would just I felt that apprehension. I felt that that loss that I wasn't the expert. I wasn't I wasn't qualified to test my soil. So instead of testing my soil, I just started going off what the experts said. I found one expert you know, because I didn't feel qualified, right? So I found an expert and what they were saying and I would read what that one expert did and add that to my soil. And some years things did grow a little better, but usually by that next spring, I was on to what the next expert said. So I would read and go into my notes again and again and I jump into it. And so he said, and she said, and add those things to my soil. But about five years later, I realized that I wasn't helping my soil in any way. I was actually locking up nutrients in my garden and my garden was beginning to suffer. It wasn't until I pulled my head out of all those things that others said and concentrated on what was really actually happening in my soil that I started to see those results when I actually finally did a soil test. When I looked closer at what was really going on, I realized that I was putting the cart in front of the horse. I had added things to my soil that were not needed because they were already there. My misunderstanding of what my soil needed and even what soil health truly was is what made myself and my garden suffer. That's why I wrote a book called Dirt, Finding the Solution to Soil Health. 
And I'm going to talk about a little bit of the things, a little bit of the information I give in this book today. But, and you can hear, you can find a little bit more about my story because I just kind of took the tip of the iceberg for my story of, of my journey with my soil health. And you can hear more about how I, I finally did that soil test and what those results told me. The really the reason I wrote this book and the reason I'm talking to you today is because I wanted to help you. I want to help you not be myself. I want to help you break through that noise of too much information because there is so much out there. Just look, Google soil health or go to YouTube and do how do I improve my soil health and you will find so much information about well, you need to add this, or maybe you should go to no-till, or maybe you should till every year. There's so much information out there. And you just need to remember that what those people are doing is what they're doing in their own gardens. What might be working for them is what's working for them in their own gardens. It's not something that's going to always work for you. And if you want to get your own copy of Dirt, Finding the Solution to Soil Health, you can check out my website or the description of this episode. The website is www.redrichfarm.org backslash resources. It is time now for the tips and tricks segment of this episode where I share with you a few bonus tips and tricks I use here at Red Ridge Farm. This week's tip and trick is brought to you by the Red Ridge Farm Seed Variety Tracker that empowers gardeners and growers to organize all their seed information in one place so they no longer have to deal with the seed packet information overload. So the tip for this week, we are in March. Probably about the last week of March is when this episode is going to air. And so it is a perfect time to be thinking about your soil. And the first and most important thing about your soil is adding compost. So you've may, if you may have a compost pile that you started last fall, this week is a great time to get out there and turn it and water it and give it a little love. And also, it's a great time to start a compost pile. You can be cleaning up your leaves, you can be cleaning up your flower beds, cleaning up any of the debris out of your garden, and you can get that compost pile started. So let's get back to talking about soil health. And the first thing I think we need to do is really break down, we need to define the difference between dirt. Like I said, Elliot Coleman said that any dirt, any soil can be changed to support life. It just matters about the work needed to get it done, right? So dirt, what is dirt? Dirt is just something that doesn't quite support life because it doesn't contain life, right? Dirt is made up of sand and silt and clay and it may have some nutrients, but it doesn't have the minerals and nutrients or living organisms found in soil. It's not an organized ecosystem and there's no organic matter, humus, worms, or fungi. And as a result, dirt is more susceptible to runoff and erosion. So if dirt is lacking those things, what is soil? Soil is alive. It, is, it contains living organisms such as worms and fungi and insects and bacteria and organic matter. It supports life with its naturally occurring nutrients and minerals and it's a perfect for plant me- it's a perfect plant medium. It is a complete and self-sustaining ecosystem that consists of sand, silt and clay, just like dirt but it also has organic matter that makes up your soil type. The different sizes of particles create texture and structure with help with aeration and drainage. Soil 
is your foundation. And so it's important to understand what it truly is. And when it comes to finding more out about your soil, you also need to take in five other factors that are very important. We have to talk about climate. We have to talk about microorganisms, landscape, parent material, and time. So remember how before I said that when you went to go find information and when you were listening to other experts and you couldn't figure out why their information just didn't add up to what you needed to be doing in your soil. And it's because where they're growing is with these five other aspects. They may be growing in a different climate. I personally grow in a zone four And I personally deal with more clay soil. And so what I do for my garden can be totally different what another person could be doing with their garden if they live in Arizona, where they have more of a desert and they have more of a sandy soil. So it's important to remember that you can't compare yourself. We are so easy to go into that part of our lives and compare someone else's garden to our garden and what they do to their garden should work in our garden but the truth is it is not going to it's going to be really hard for you to go off what those other experts are saying that's why it's very important for you to understand that you have to be your own soils expert you are the one who's going to be living it breathing it out every day working in it. You are the one who's going to be the expert. Like I told you in that story before, I didn't feel like an expert. I didn't feel like I had the knowledge to do a soil test. But the truth is, once I did the soil test, I got knowledge that only my soil could tell me. And also, I could add that into other things, like how things were going in my garden. So I have another little story here. And it talks about a little bit about soil and a little bit about using your own experiences in the garden to understand what your soil is telling you. So last year, I truly, I, the, the biggest crop that we grow here for our family, my kids love pasta sauce. They love ketchup. They love anything to do with tomatoes. Now, raw tomatoes, not so much, but they love tomatoes. So last year and every year, I always grow a huge crop of tomatoes. In fact, down in my seedling area, I've just started my tomatoes this week and there's 55 little seedlings down there. That's how much we grow and love tomatoes. So last year I had a problem with blossom and rot. Now blossom and rot is the deficiency of calcium, right? But if I were to look again at my soil test, right? Clay soil is usually very high in calcium. So why was not my tomatoes not getting the calcium they needed? It was in the soil. So why were my tomatoes lacking calcium? It was in there. And when I went to go look at my soil test, it said I had very high calcium, right? So that was something that it told me. Those were the things I needed. But I was experiencing, see my garden experience, me becoming my own expert, right? Experiencing what I needed to do and add that to what the soil was telling me. So I continued to look at my soil test and it said I had plenty of calcium. So what was going on? So I thought, well, maybe it's just not readily available. Maybe because another part to help your tomatoes get the calcium they need is sometimes if there is calcium in the soil, but the the water isn't diluting it enough, because remember that water sludge is what takes your um, nutrients up to your plants. 
So watering was a very, was another factor. So I could, I could say, okay, well, that was another factor that I can do. My soil already has the calcium it needs. So maybe I need to do something with the watering to help. Maybe I'm not watering enough, or maybe I'm not watering, or maybe I'm watering too much. So then I, the next step I did is I put my garden, my tomato section on a very strict watering schedule. I even put them under a greenhouse, a portable greenhouse that we, we built here at the, at the farm. And, um, so that I could even, you know, cancel out any rainwater or anything like that. So I could keep a very scheduled watering plan. And that still didn't work. Experimented with the water, looked at my soil test. There's already calcium there. Why isn't this working? One thing I also do for my tomatoes to help them grow is I spray them with fish poop which is high in nitrogen. So once I started doing this, and I do this every year, and so I started doing that, and slowly, through about that week period, all the fruit that developed after I started my application of nitrogen to the leaves didn't have blossom in raw. And so I made this connection I became my own expert because I'm the one experiencing things, right? I'm the one looking at my soil tests. I'm the one looking at my tomatoes. I'm the one figuring out what's going on. It's really hard to to go off what another person says. They're not experiencing this, right? It's easy to look up the definition of blossom in rot and look at the things that you need to do, like maybe pour on milk or do all these other tricks and, and things that they do. And I tried those. I tried pouring on milk. I even tried spraying the leaves with um, Tums to get that extra calcium to them. And it just didn't work. Because the thing is, those tomatoes were first lacking nitrogen. So they didn't have the proper nitrogen. They were still growing all right, but but they didn't have enough nitrogen to continue to some kind of switch in there. Once they got the proper amount of nitrogen, they started absorbing that calcium. So there's no way I can Google that, that, that experience. That's why I had to become my own expert. And I know you can become your own expert of your soil. So there was nothing I needed to do with my soil. I didn't need to be adding more calcium. I didn't need to be doing any thing that the notes about blossom and rot told me, but what I did need to be doing was adding more nitrogen. So this year, you know, I've added a lot more compost. I'm going to see how things go, but yeah, I've increased my nitrogen this year. So hopefully that will fix that problem because I made that connection. So now it is time for the Growing with God segment of this episode where we talk about growing a relationship with our Lord and Savior. And today's Bible quote is Psalms 56, 3-4. When I am afraid, I put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust and I am not afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Now, we are in a time right now that fear is a true thing. Fear is something I feel feel every single day for my children. And I feel every single day when we leave our property and go out into the world and deal with others. And we wonder, who, should, who can we trust? Can we trust our leaders? Can we trust the um, grocery store manager? Can we trust all of those people to provide healthy food for our family? and make the healthy decisions for our family? And the answer is no, we can't trust them. Who can we trust then? We can trust in the Lord. He is the one who's going to provide the necessary things that you need to grow that healthy family. He's going to be the one who helps you connect and build that relationship with him and bring each other together. And then as a result, as you working together and growing on your farm or on your garden or 
growing your vegetables for the year. He's the one you can trust in. He's the one who's going to have the sun come up every day. He's the one who's going to bring the rain. In this time of fear and trepidation, we can't find someone's trust. We need to remember that we can always trust in him. So let's get back to soil health. We define soil, we define dirt. But what is soil health? What, what is the definition of it? So we talked about soil has several different factors, right? We told soil is a very living thing. Dirt is not living, but soil is a living three thing. It's a self-sustaining ecosystem, right? So how can we tell if that ecosystem is healthy? So first thing we need to do is define health, right? So health is the state of complete physical, mental, and social well-being and not merely the absence of disease or infirmity. Now, before we defined soil, which I will repeat that definition. Remember, soil is alive. It contains living organisms such as worms, fungi, insects, bacteria. It supports life and it's a self-sustaining ecosystem. So when we bring those combinations together, then soil health is the state of the soil being in sound, physical, chemical, and biological condition, having the capacity to sustain the growth and the development of plants. So that is what soil health is, but how is it measured? There is a little controversy between scientists as how soil health should be measured. Some believe it's the things that the soil produces. For instance, like my tomatoes, if I can grow very healthy, strong tomatoes, then I must have good soil. And you can ask questions like, you know, do they do they produce a lot of tomatoes or do they grow, do they um, grow really tall but have little fruit? So those are the kind of questions you can be asking yourself. We want to measure your soil health on just what your soil produced. So, you know, like that story that I told you before with the tomatoes, I kind of was combining these things, right? So I was looking at what my soil was producing. And then the other aspects of that, right, is looking at the actual nutrients in the soil and looking at the organisms in the soil. Like what are they doing and are they multiplying? Are they they, they struggling to live? Are they breaking down the nutrients in the soil? So like I said, I had calcium in my soil, but were the, nut- were the, the microorganisms in my soil, were they doing the, what they needed to do to break down my soil? And that's where I was talking about water and having that water so that the microorganisms are doing their things and the water was helping them bring that calcium to the plant. So in that story, I told you about two different ways that I was looking at this situation and trying to figure out what was going on with my soil. So that's what soil health is. And the way we measure it is by combining both things. We have to look at soil as a whole. We have to look at the soil organisms. and We also have to see what our soil is producing. And another reason soil health is so controversial is because, like I said before, every area Every soil is going to be different. They can't, you can't compare the soil health of the Amazon rainforest to your backyard. It would be like comparing the health of a 90-year-old man to the health of a 15-year-old boy. They're going to be different, right? There's no way you can measure one against the other because a 90-year-old man is not going to be able to do what a healthy 15-year-old, ma- 15-year-old is going to do. You know, a 90-year-old man may, may not be able to fifth pick up a 50 pound bag of grain where a 15 year old can. But if you look at the experiences and the life of a 90 year old man, he has more experiences. He has more wisdom. He has more thoughts. 
that can't be compared to a 15-year-old boy who is just starting in life and just starting to get out there and experience the world. So we have to look at both of those people and both of those different soils, the Amazon rainforest to our backyard, we have to look at them differently. We also have to look at a garden that if you just developed it last year, it's going to have different stages of life as well as the same. That's going to be more of like a 15 year old. Your garden is new and it needs it's going to need different aspects and different ways to measure the soil health there. But if you're looking at my garden that's been in the in the ground for 15 plus years, there's going to be differences. And so there's no way that someone else can be the expert of your soil. Only you can be that expert. So let's recap. Your soil is the foundation of your garden. It is the foundation of your homestead. It is the foundation of your family. Everything that we eat comes from the soil. And that you have to be that expert. You cannot depend on all the information out there. Yes, you can use parts of it to glean a little bit of knowledge and those things, but you can't just follow what another person is doing in another area of the country. You have to go with your instincts. You have to go with your what you feel you have to be that expert and soil remember soil is a living organism and it can be measured in two ways you can measure it by what your garden produces and you can measure how what the organisms are doing in your soil if your soil is more like dirt or if your soil hat it has a living ecosystem and remember what Elliot Coleman said every piece of property can produce a harvest it just depends on how much work you have to put in it. And remember, soil health is that combination, that combination of living being as well as soil that produces a harvest. And as always, thank you for joining the journey and pray just plant.